is Peter Miller from Smarter Than BPD. And in case you're wondering, I am a registered psychologist in the province of Alberta. And if you want to get to know me, more about me, my offerings, my practice, the way I look at things, you can go to freebpdcourse.com. That's freebpdcourse.com. And in that space, you will find a course that I created specifically for borderline personality disorder that has become my focal point, um, my interest specifically in mental health um, along the way over the years and specifically since learning it was an issue in my life when I was about uh, 37 years old, thereabouts. Today I am uh, 48, turning 49 in 2024. So it's been some time I have been learning about this subject uh, for a number of years, become passionate about it because it was relevant to my life and I wanted to share as much as I could with others to help them understand what it's about, things that they can do um, so that they don't fall into the same sense of hopelessness or pits of despair, if you will. That can happen when you don't know what's going on with your mental health. And I did run a podcast uh, for a year or two, um, a few years back. And if you look back in the catalog of this podcast, uh, you will see those episodes. I may reiterate some of the information, actually almost guaranteed I will probably reiterate some of the information that I covered in those podcasts uh, because I think it's necessary to do so and helpful to do so. People suffering from borderline personality disorder are mostly suffering from a lack of knowledge. Uh, they're suffering from ignorance. In other words, not being informed of what was happening to them at an early enough stage that they could take effective action on their health. Not being able to put it in, not being able to put the condition in the right perspective yields uh, horrible outcomes, if you're asking me. And it, it's, it continues to baffle me that we live in a cultural context where it isn't really mainstream to be understanding how these conditions commonly develop in family situations in certain types of circumstances, certain types of interaction patterns, um, certain types of neglects, towards understanding emotion and 
how to work with emotion and particularly for people who have genetic predispositions to be a little bit more sensitive in that way. I continue to this day to see uh, the westernized industrialized world as a place of primarily of business a place of um, kind of like time is money that is the, the context we're in and so it's not like there's a lot of patience available like people don't want to take time to deal with emotional stuff because that would mean kind of like hampering production that would interrupt you know getting things done making products selling products that would interfere in a way because if you're going to take care of your health your mental health and you're going to include that way of taking care of things in the social context then you need to take a bit of time to hear each other and understand each other <clears throat> and from what I've seen there's just no patience for that because then what happens if you take time for health is that you become less competitive so organizations uh, and maybe people in general they just don't want to deal with these things right like they don't want to talk about it they don't want to do things that would help people be in a healthier place in their minds they don't want to work together to do this kind of thing like it's like you're on your own that's kind of what I've discovered and it's it becomes more and more disturbing if you're a, a, a therapist which I have been for uh, about 10 to 15 years give or take uh, with my training and uh, being starting into a practice and just getting my um, getting my bearings that's how it goes when you're in psychology you have to be supervised for a while uh, but eventually you end up seeing people on a regular basis and that generally turns into starting to see the patterns that exist with <laughs> with society I guess because I mean you're seeing hundreds of people after a while right and then you're like kind of asking yourself like how could there be so much similarity in the ways that people seem to get unwell like how could there be so much similarity in uh, attachment issues with parents or you know being able to have a good connection and for parents to have the ability to orient their kids to their emotions from my experience in all honesty it really seems to be lacking by and large at least where I am in the world in Alberta in Canada maybe it's different in other parts of the world I suspect maybe it is but in the general modern westernized way of life this seems to be what's happening and so I mean I've I've written lots of blog posts if you go to um, freebpdcourse.com and you and you uh, register um, you there's a link inside my course to lots of the writings that I've done about um, 
as a society and how I see that borderline is um, related to the cultural context. And this um, this podcast today, I'm referring to one of my, the first actual piece of writing I did called uh, Borderline Personality Disorder, You Can't Correct What You Don't Understand. And in that, uh, in that post, I'm basically talking about what I've been saying here, uh, is that we don't come into a society that makes mental health a priority, and so therefore we spend much of the in, uh, early years of our life not learning much about it. And in many circumstances, perhaps most circumstances, our parents don't know much about mental health and they are uh, carrying on with whatever their parents did. Their traditions, their ideas, their ways of thinking about relationships and emotions, they just kind of just copy it, right? Whether it works or whether it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, so we, we carry on and, and uh, enact or copy these patterns. And then what does it do to um, people? How does it affect people? I guess I'm going to argue that uh, in many cases it, it cr uh, creates generational kind of disorder, more or less. I mean, you can, uh, you can easily fall into the borderline type of pattern if you are genetically predisposed um, to having more sensitivity. So the part of your brain called the amygdala, like if it's, if it's, if it's more active, you know, like that happens in genetics. If, if that part of your brain is more active than others, then you're going to experience your emotions in a more profound way. Uh, and then what typically happens is children will um, present these types of, I guess, emotional exaggerations. And um, people will say, you know, you're being, you're overreacting. You're being dramatic. Uh, they will try to insist that you just kind of calm the emotions down without actually giving you a way to calm the emotions down. And those ways are very important. It's like learning how to lift weights. I often talk about the, you know, comparing psychology and therapy to the, to the weight room. Like you can go in there in the weight room and you can start trying to lift weights and you can do it in a, in a without technique, right? And, and then you hurt yourself and then you don't want to lift weights anymore. And, and the same goes exactly, I think, for emotions. If you try to express emotions and then people don't offer a way to help you work through those emotions or lift that emotional weight, then you will kind of give up on trying to complete the expression or work the emotion through. You'll stop talking about it. Um, you'll just kind of even tell yourself that it's bad to have emotions. So you start to invalidate yourself. Be, pardon me, because the people around you are telling you not to feel, not to think in those ways. So you basically, you grow up with very poor technique, which turns into profound types of emotional neglect. 
which then turns into other types of issues uh, like emotional neglect over years and years I think turns into uh, could turn, turn, turn into anxiety disorder or depressive disorder it could, it could turn into types of uh, physical ailments uh, maybe autoimmune disease one of the great books that I read from a great author uh, was called um, When the Body Says No from Gabor Mate and I, th I think he was referencing many cases and people that uh, fell into this long-term emotional neglect issue and then they would either kind of like develop some kind of uh, disorder physical disorder mental disorder or combination or they would suicide or or fall into addictions or various not nice things so that, I mean, that's a book to consider checking out in regards to what I'm saying. These long-term neglects turn into disorder, and they can turn into borderline personality disorder. I mean, if you don't learn how to work with your emotions, you're probably going to develop that kind of issue or other, uh, I guess, related things. Because, I mean, in borderline personality disorder, you often have an overlap of issues. You could have, you know, the, you could have the traits of BPD, uh, but then you also could have generalized anxiety disorder. You could have persistent depressive disorder. You could have PTSD. You could have body dysmorphic disorder. You could have addictions. I mean, like, there's a lot of things that can go around borderline personality disorder and the... Um, make it more complicated and challenging to deal with because basically what people are trying to do uh, when they're you know when they develop uh, these other kinds of conditions what they're trying to do is ha uh, they're trying to get through life they're trying to have a way to live in their body even if it's not a great way they, they're trying to find a way to um, feel safe and secure uh, so they come up with these different types of thought patterns and these different types of beliefs. Uh, they can be really hypervigilant and quick to misunderstand and misperceive things. I mean, really, what they're trying to do is stay safe. Uh, trying to feel safe and secure when they've never really learned how to live in the body and do it another way. So it turns into this kind of disordered kind of pattern. And of course, they didn't mean it to happen that way. And probably, of course, their family or parents didn't mean it to happen that way. But it did um, because there was this profound lack of understanding and learning and uh, neglects to important learning in childhood development that it turned out this way. So, I mean, I've been regularly frustrated, I guess, <laughs> like as a person and as a therapist. Uh, like, I mean, if you if you suffer with a condition and then you can kind of start to see like what ended up happening for you and that, you know, it's sort of this ongoing pattern that people have a hard time seeing. It's, it's quite frustrating to just you know just be like okay well it is what it is and it's just going to keep going it's hard not to speak out and be a person who tries to make a difference 
and say like, look, like health is equally important to business, equally important to money making, if not more. Um, I mean, one of the most important people in my life, my father, he said to me, Peter, if you haven't got your health, if you, then you haven't got nothing. And I, I think we ought to, you know, hear what that means. We don't have anything if we have like if we lose our mind, then we don't have anything if we can't function in the world if we can't function uh, very well in around people, then we you know we lose out on a lot of things, and I've experienced that that kind of loss uh, and disruption when you know I couldn't work well with. Uh, different types of people you know and as i say that you know i'm i'm kind of reminiscing on how you know even when you're out in the world and you know you realize that you have a mental health issue i mean darn it like there's people the people around you also have different kinds of issues that even though they may be very good at hiding they have stuff i mean there is so much for example narcissism in the world um, and people that seem to function so normally and so effectively and they can be acting out these patterns like in in family or in in in, in the workplace and they can be very difficult to deal with because uh, they can be particularly you know self-righteous and uh, uh, sometimes seemingly very uncaring uh, so even if you do suffer from borderline personality disorder, I guess, like, please know that you are not the only one uh, uh, working from maybe, you know, like, I guess we could call it a flawed blueprint kind of thing. There probably is no ideal or perfect childhood development, and so people grow up finding different ways to live their life and live in their body. And some people, I think, conform more to sort of the hardcore, uh, I, would, I would say even sociopathic way of being in the world where it's like, you know, all that matters is, uh, all that matters is your status, all that matters is your ability to appear um, important and I guess the best. <laughs> And you, people listening, I'm sure you've probably encountered some of these people, right? Some people are, they're almost eager, they're almost dying to conform to the system as it is. And no matter how cold or ruthless, it's like they're dying to do it because they want to be, you know, they want to improve their position or their status. I guess I've always been on the opposite end where I've been kind of like more of a rebel and kind of wanting to point out the ways that uh, systems can hurt people and how it can be hard to detect and hard for, you know, people to uh, make an argument about it. So I hope this uh, podcast is somewhat helpful, at least in understanding how BPD can be, uh, I guess, how it can be nurtured how it can happen in the in the system or the cultural context that you're in that probably does not prioritize mental health as something that is ultimately important 
or even just health in general as something that is ultimately important. I think this is common. I think it's ongoing. I think that people don't like mentioning it or talking about it. People like to say that, or they like to assume that the system is like a level playing field, right? And we all have equal opportunity. But I mean, if you are learning about health and mental health, you, see, you can see that it's not a level playing field. It is not an equal opportunity. Some people do not grow up with the same uh, circumstances and uh, have an, mm, a better childhood development where their brain is properly or better or set up in a way that would um, function better when they reach their adulthood. Uh, some people do not have good relationship modeling in their life. And I would say probably the majority of us don't learn how to uh, work with and understand our emotions and be and support each other through our emotional experiences so we can continue with uh, optimal brain functioning. A lot of brain functioning and the way it happens and, and from what I've experienced and learned is the way we interact. And I'll talk more about that in future podcasts. Like how do we interact so that we can uh, nurture optimal brain functioning so that we can function at our best? How can we help each other with this emotional experience called life? So until then, thanks very much for listening today. And I will talk to you in the near future again if you want to learn more about me or my free course in Borderline Personality Disorder, go to freebpdcourse.com. Thank you.